This is Jeff Nyquist with the JRNyquist.com podcast, and with me is Jan Lamprecht from AfricanCrisis.org, and we're going to be talking about African and world politics today. Welcome to the podcast, Jan. Hi there, Jeff. It's great to be on your show again. Yeah, you were yeah. telling me something about Robert Mugabe's sense of humor here. <laughs> you know, Robert Mugabe is quite a character, Jeff. And I, I keep telling people that if I, if I didn't hate him so much, I'd be his number one fan. Because, um, you know, he has, he's got quite a style to him that you won't find among any other African leader. Uh, just yesterday, there's, there's an enormous cholera crisis in Zimbabwe at the moment. I don't know if you're aware of it. But they, there are about 17,000 people with cholera and several hundred, it's probably five or six hundred have died already from cholera and the cholera is just spreading like crazy. And it's because they, the, the economy and the infrastructure is collapsing and, and the water is not being purified and so forth. And so now, I mean, it's almost unthinkable that there's cholera that is rampant in a city that I lived in 30 years ago that was clean and beautiful and so forth. Anyway, so yesterday Robert Mugabe was on, was on TV and in recent, in recent weeks, um, it seems the, your, your government in America has, um, started becoming a bit tougher, shall we say. And Condoleezza Rice for once has actually said something sensible. She said that uh, Robert Mugabe should be removed by force. Anyway, so Robert Mugabe, of course, makes the most of this. And uh, the cholera epidemic is so bad and all the doctors have run away that eventually they had to declare a crisis and ask the Western world to come and help. So he asks the Western world to come and help. But then he also turns around and says, well, there isn't actually a cholera crisis. And then the bit I saw on TV, he was saying, well, you know, now the British and the Americans no longer have to invade us, you know. <laughs> and um, so he's quite comical. And then that was now yesterday. So yesterday he was denying that he was sort of saying this and saying that and then at a point denying that cholera existed. But then today his information minister held a press conference and he says that the cholera epidemic in Zimbabwe is the result of a race. It's a racist plot. Um, it's a chemical and biological warfare attack on Zimbabwe <laughs> by Britain and America. <laughs> wow. So, you know, how I predictable, actually... <laughs> how predictable for a Marxist to make this claim. Uh, Jeff, you know, and it's, it's typical of the nonsense that they can think up, but a couple of years ago, Robert Mugabe was actually also putting out a story that anthrax was a Rhodesian biological warfare, uh, tactic used against him during the liberation struggle in the 1970s. And the problem is that anthrax in Zimbabwe is endemic to Zimbabwe and the cattle get it a lot. Mm -hmm. But they were trying to now say the Rhodesians were doing chemical and biological warfare. So I had such a laugh when he, when they claimed today that Britain and America are behind it. I actually have some TV footage 
that I'll be putting on my website and we'll put it up and you can listen to this. But yeah, so it's a big racist plot, you know. And as I was saying to people that when, when you've run out of arguments and you've got no more arguments left, then you start turning to this thing. It's a racist plot. And, um, yeah. Well, well you whatever. know what's interesting is that that man would have never gotten into power if it wasn't for the British and the Americans. Well, now you're saying something, my friend, and let me tell you even more, is that the damn British gave him so much money. They gave him most of the money that he was supposed to pay the white farmers for their farms. They gave him hundreds of millions of dollars. And you know what? He didn't even, he was taking the farms of whites and never even paying them the money that the British had given him to pay those whites. So he has had so much support from those, those people in Britain. And of course you're completely right, Jeff. Um, when he cheated at the 1980 election, uh, the, the then, uh, commander of the Rhodesian army, General Peter Walls, went to Margaret Thatcher. He communicated with Margaret Thatcher in person, and he said to her, this guy has just cheated at this election. He, you know, his votes, you know, he must be disqualified from this election, and Margaret Thatcher didn't do it. So the British really, I mean, if you look at the British record on Zimbabwe, you're right. They brought him to power. They assisted him, and... Britain and America have done more for him than any other than any other countries, and he's received stacks and stacks of money from them. Whereas in the days of Rhodesia, we had world sanctions against us. Yeah, we could, we didn't get a damn cent out of those people. And life was good for most of the people of Rhodesia during yes, that period. Absolutely. So here he is. You know, I mean, talk about. Uh, Biting the hand that feeds you, I mean, this, it's more ridiculous than you can believe. Well, let's, let's talk a minute now, uh, as Rhodesia is what we now call Zimbabwe, to clarify for those who don't quite understand Africa, African terminology now in the United yes. States. Uh, and it became Zimbabwe when the Rhodesian white government fell and a black communist, Robert Mugabe, took yes. power. What was that, around 1980? Yes, it was about 80, um, um, the end of 1980. And what, what, what has to be understood is that, is that there was, there's the guilt of the white European civilization that we, uh, we colonized Africa and we, we ruled African people. Uh, we set up governments that were run by white people and we established white laws and we built white infrastructure and of course came to realize that, wait a minute, are we being racist? Are we enslaving or persecuting these people? Of course, there wasn't slavery in Africa, per se. Uh, white people no. didn't do that. That wasn't like what happened here in the United States, where we had black people imported from Africa in chains, and, and most of them die on the way over, and then for them to be treated as uh, subjects here. Uh, Africa was a sort of a different story. There and was some slavery, but it was sli Quite different. It's I'll quite tell different. you about it, but later. And, yes. and the thing, and of course, we we heard what what happened in the Belgian Congo, where this kind of became the private preserve of the the Belgian royalty, and they then horrible atrocities were committed. The people were horribly abused. I mean, we've heard these stories about about the abuses of colonialism and whatnot. Um, and of course, so we wanted to roll it back. We wanted black people to govern themselves. We wanted Africa to emerge independent and democratic and whatnot. But 
there was no way to do that, to get from here to there, and that, that most of their intellectuals had gravitated towards forms of Marxism, that, exactly. uh, <clears throat> that their, that they had a resentment of European civilization and values. And it was European civilization and values, by the way, that allowed Africans to, to population, as you pointed out in a previous show, to grow. And for Africa yes. to have possibilities of successful black governments. But rejecting, here they were going to be, become modern societies, rejecting modern European values because they were European because of some race resentment. So the racism wasn't just a racism of white people saying, you're too primitive, we have to sort of, the white man's burden, we have to take care of you. But it was a racism of black people saying, we can make our own civilization, we don't need your rotten ideas. Yes. And so the yes. combination of the two created this situ this pathological situation in Africa, which Margaret Thatcher, who's a pretty good person, uh, overall, a pretty staunch defender of liberty and freedom and against socialism. She allows this guy, this, this communist, this Maoist, to become the, the head of this whole country, which now it's how many millions or hundreds of thousands of people have died? Uh, you know, Jeff, there are probably hundreds of thousands who've died uh, that you will not even know of. I think they are talking currently of People also dying, I think, at the rate of about 3,000 a week just from AIDS. Mm -hmm. And um, But you have many people who are dying because they've had bad diets, and then their immune systems go down, and then they die very quickly. Um, I've heard of people saying that they can die in a few months. Let's, let's talk so about the witch doctors. Let's talk for a bit about that. How much is the old witch doctrine going on and what is the effect on uh, black society in Africa of that that's actually a very good point do you know that I, I discovered something about Robert Mugabe and witch doctors somebody told me these were people who were involved in, in, in the fight against Mugabe when he was in, in the days of the liberation struggle they say that apparently Mugabe is very heavily into ancestor worship and there is some type of use by Mugabe of witch doctors too. And it, and there are people who've said that there might be some, there might be part of Mugabe's hold on people might actually have a witchcraft dimension to it. Hmm. I've never been able to dig much more into that, but I have heard this from pretty reliable sources. And, um, but witchcraft, witchcraft is a big thing. And do you know that in recent years, Robert Mugabe actually legalized witch doctors? And the same has been happening in South Africa. They don't call them witch doctors. They, they give them the politically correct name of a Sangoma. And that's supposed to mean, and that's supposed to stand for traditional healer. Mm -hmm. Now, my dear friend, if you're going to heal people, their idea of healing uh, and the Western world's idea of healing is not exactly the same. And um, if you go and actually look, I mean, I actually post, I'm going to send you a link to my website uh, where I posted various pamphlets. At one point in time, I made it uh, just for fun. I used to collect pamphlets issued by witch doctors in Johannesburg. Hmm. And I had I had another one the other day that I still want to scan and put on my website. 
and um, these witch doctors they advertise they have businesses they have offices and they and they um, give consultations if I have a look I might even find the pamphlet um, lying around here somewhere but anyway they they advertise things like this is their idea of medicine they will they will advertise and they will say um, you know, we will help you with your problems, but then the idea of what your problems might be would be, let me, let me just quickly do a search on my website, because I did an article, if people go to African Crisis, okay. and they search on super science, um, they will find some very comprehensive articles that I did. I've got a thing called, um, there's an article called Proof, Proof of Black African Super Science at its best. I was being rather um, cynical here. I'll give you an example. Here, here are some. Um, it says sexual specialist, Doctor Mama Seja, and here is the here is the the consultation fee is thirty rand, which is about three U.S. dollars, and here's here's what it is. It's penis enlargement. Oh God! Oh, it just goes. Oh. It just goes on and on. I'll tell you others. Here's here's another one. Bring back your lost lover. Um, another one. Another doctor says, "Stop suffering." He advertises under the thing of a herbalist healer, and among the things he can cure are bewitched people, give luck to the poor and the rich, to the poor and the rich. He can help you with pregnancy problems and give you protection at home. <laughs> and it just goes on and on. And you can, you'll can, you soon see that it's just a lot of, really, it's just a lot of witchcraft. Huh. But they come in under the name of traditional healer. And I kid you not, these governments try to now say that, you know what, you racist whites, you mustn't come and... Um, say that only you can cure people because we also have a science and we can also cure people <laughs> and then but and and then they now come with this kind of nonsense and they try to say that you know you're just racist if you don't want to accept our science as well <laughs> so how My can goodness. you argue with that that's, that's oh. amazing so it is it is kind of um the superstition uh of these uh, healers is is it widely believed in? I mean, do most of the the black population accept these people as bona fide? Absolutely. There, a lot of these people um, are consulted, and their views, you know, their views are taken seriously. I'll actually send you the link while we're chatting, so that you can go and have a look at that page. And um, you know, when I grew up in in Rhodesia. We had a situation where uh, one of the, the our black workers had a daughter who had something that appeared like a hernia. Mm -hmm. And I remember my mother still telling him that, you know, my mother had a look at this girl and, and she said to her father, you know, this thing is actually very dangerous. You must get your daughter to a doctor because um, she's, you know, if this girl gets pregnant, she could die. And, you know, they just ignore that kind of stuff and they go off to the witch doctor. And in, in the days of Rhodesia, it was quite common, you know, for, for 
West, white Western doctors to then have to go and cure these people or try to save their lives after the witch doctor has given them a load of junk advice and almost killed them. So, you know, uh, I have no respect for this whole witchcraft thing, but witchcraft is a very powerful thing in Africa. I'll tell you what a friend of mine did. Here's some psychological warfare, African style. A friend of mine who was involved in the opposition to Mugabe had a point where, uh, where they were being threatened by some of Mugabe's officials. And this woman was absolutely desperate. And she wondered if she could actually scare these government people using witchcraft. So what she did was um, she went to find out what 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 um, what sort of items are regarded as magic. And she discovered that things like nail clippings and hair, especially red hair and so forth, is supposed to have magical properties. And she had a dog that had sort of reddish hair. <laughs> oh, anyway, no. what she? Oh no! Anyway, oh, let, no. Me, let me tell you oh, what this woman. Oh, I don't woman, know where this is going. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what this woman did. She went and she wrote a couple of letters, <clears throat> and she wrote a couple of threatening letters to some government officials. And into these letters, she popped these nail clippings and pieces of hair, and she said that you know that that the. That uh, they're going to be bewitched. They've cast spells on them. And she posted off these letters to these government officials in this town. And it caused an absolute uproar. And it even got into the news. And the government was making a statement saying that people should not be casting spells on government officials. And the police would be investigating this. And they already had some leads. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. So that's Africa for so, you, my so friend. <laughs> I see all these advertisements. I've gone to your website, um, africancrisis.co.ca or .org, and I see on here uh, Dr. Mama Babu. And there you go. He cures AIDS and diabetes. It's right here. Yes. Now, There's now, a phone Jeff, number you can call him. I kid you not. And those those pamphlets on that particular page were from pamphlets from witch doctors who had offices in high-rise buildings in the center of Johannesburg. I picked these particular pamphlets up off the streets. And um, these guys make money. And I kid you not, Jeff, these guys have been running around claiming that they have cures for AIDS. Everything that Western medicine can't cure, they can cure. And they there was even a whole scandal where in, in Natal... Uh, in KwaZulu-Natal near the coast where they had these witch doctors selling some sort of potion in a hospital for AIDS patients. Hmm. And there were government officials, even the Minister of Health, even the Minister of Health says, you know, oh, but we must consider traditional medicine and all that sort of stuff. And uh, people are being ripped off by this junk, you well, know. Let me let me read this for the listeners. This is particularly instructive. Special announcement: Dr. Hassani Bawili from Central Africa. Okay, do you want to communicate with your dead relatives? Are you trying to succeed in making a claim to your insurance company or creditors? Is your woman or man unfaithful to you, and you want to stop it? 
Do you want to win the heart of your beloved? Are you having bad luck, which you want him to remove? Is your family on drugs or alcohol, which you want him or her to stop? Do you want your sickness to be healed? Are you bewitched or possessed, and you want us to help you? Is your erection weak, and when you make love, you release as quick as a chicken? Oh, no, <laughs> I know, I'm going to stop reading. No, this is too much. This is too much. This is Dr. Hassani Bawili from Central Africa, folks. This is what you call, well, well which doctor medicine or, or what you go, say, traditional healing. We should, we should and go, if you go to the bottom of the pamphlet, you'll see his address. It's, uh, his Majesty's eight, Building. Eight, East eight, Wing, 8th eight, eight Floor, Office 801. Yes. It's 55 Eloff, uh, Strasse, whatever. Yeah, Johannesburg, yes. downtown Johannesburg. He's in a high-rise in Johannesburg. There you go. <clears throat> I mean, you you have to ask yourself. Now, I actually can walk to uh, herbal medicine shops uh, within a block or two of where I walk, of where I work, and these guys are selling um, all sorts of potions and things. There and of course there's the dark side to these guys, Jeff, and that is um, that they also engage in a trade in human body parts. And actually, maybe that's a topic I should really touch on a bit because human that is where, body parts. Yes, Jeff, these guys get onto some seriously nasty stuff. Let me tell you about this because this is not something that people talk about much. And I've actually done some serious research and I got some tip-offs from somebody. Let me tell you this. In South Africa, there are different tribes that, that engage in, in witchcraft. Some tribes, <clears throat> some tribes are more into witchcraft than others. Um, there's a particular tribe in the north of South Africa. Uh, their name escapes me at the moment. They are, they are, um, known for their involvement in witchcraft the most. Now, what happens in, in witchcraft is that there are lots of these blacks <clears throat> who believe so strongly in witchcraft <clears throat> that they believe that, that, that witchcraft can um, give them sort of supernatural powers. Mm -hmm. Now, here in Africa, there's an observation that, that whites often make in a cynical way where we say something along the following lines. You can take a black guy out of the bush but you can't take the bush out of the black guy. Okay? Now, that, now that sounds like a racist <coughs> comment. Sounds like a very racist comment, yes. my friend. But there's a lot of truth in that. And I'll give you an example. You know, a couple of years ago, back in 1999, I remember working for a company. And in this company, there was a young black guy who'd come out of university. He was one of the rising stars. And he, we were involved in systems development. And one day we started chatting and I heard the mention of witchcraft and, and that always piques my interest. So then I asked him a little bit about witchcraft. So within a couple of minutes, this guy is busy telling me that if you take an axe, if you take an axe and you go to a river or a lake, and you pretend to be chopping into water, that this is some kind of strong magic. Sounds completely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But here was a guy with a university degree telling me this and trying to convince me of the reality of witchcraft. 
And that is something that you will see in Africa a lot. Now, in Africa, you will also see that there are times when people die from witchcraft. <clears throat> and I have, a, I have come to the conclusion that these people believe so strongly in witchcraft that if they truly believe that they are under a spell, that they will actually start withering away and dying. I actually think that they sort of kill them. They sort of will themselves to death. Uh, because there are instances of these people actually dying. And I remember when I grew up um, talking to one of the blacks who worked for us in Rhodesia. Um, you know, once you start this topic of witchcraft, it, it's actually a, a bizarre topic because these black people who might be quite friendly and so forth, when you start talking witchcraft, then they start becoming paranoid and and. and Witchcraft makes them utterly paranoid and, and drives them almost, they can drive themselves crazy because they start thinking the guy gets a pain in his leg and then something makes him think that maybe somebody's cast a spell on him. Yeah. So then he runs off to the witch doctor and the witch doctor's got to try and cast a spell on somebody else and, and they, they almost start losing their minds out of this um, witchcraft thing. Now, but witchcraft, you know, you can you can laugh at it. When when I was a kid, um, a guy actually showed me something that he said was was made by a witch, and what it really was was he brought me this jam bottle, and in this jam bottle were a couple of leaves and 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 twigs and things, and there was some some sort of liquid in there and so forth, and this was something that had been made by um, a witch, a witch. And um, I, of course, I have to ask myself, Jeff, wh how did the witch do things before the white man arrived and they had a jam bottle? But let's not ask that question. <laughs> they didn't have jam bottles before the white man arrived. <laughs> uh. So anyway, so anyway, but but the, but you know, we might laugh at some of this witchcraft, but then they, but because these people believe in it strongly, it becomes really evil. So what now, you get? Now, how does this differ? Now I know uh, two thousand years ago or fifteen hundred years ago, my ancestors living in prim ancient Scandinavia were living in very primitive conditions. They believed in witches. They had their magical spells and their their beliefs and their their gods and whatnot. How does this differ from the witchcraft of of ancient Europe, for example, with its sibylline witches and its prophecies and its whatnot? Now I know. I know there's got to be some difference because I don't seem to recall this idea of cursing cursing people or putting spells on people as being as big a deal. In the ancient pagan world, you don't hear about such things uh, from the ancient writers. What, what in Africa? In Africa, there isn't that sort of much of a sort of philosophical background to it. Um, it's not that deep. Where it stems from is they, they have a strong belief also in their ancestors. In parts of Africa, they believe that when their ancestors die, they go, their spirits enter a tree or something along that line. Mm -hmm. So ancestor worship and witchcraft starts merging into itself. My personal theory about witchcraft is that witchcraft is a useful tool for social control. And if you actually dig into African, into the way black Africans use it, I actually feel that, that they use witchcraft almost in the way that, that, um, Western people use religion. But whereas 
in the Western world, religion is God is good and that sort of thing. In Africa, um, the emphasis can also be on on fear and on punishment for you. Um, there were examples even recently um, in from time to time I publish um, sort of funny stories in uh, from African newspapers. There was some instance where people people engaged in some kind of theft. I can't remember if um, if there was some sort of wholesale pillaging in a town. And then somebody came out and said that all the people who'd been stealing stuff, um, that a spell had been cast on them or whatever. And within a very short space of time, all those people had returned the goods that they had stolen. So, <clears throat> you know, witchcraft is a... When people really believe in a thing, they, mm-hmm. it, it, it really works on them. But where it gets really ugly is, is the killing of people. Hmm. Because in, in this belief in witchcraft, they then go to these witch doctors and they ask them for solutions to problems. Now, sometimes a, a witch doctor, these witch doctors are actually quite cunning. A friend of mine actually told me a story. A white girl told me how she sold her house using a witch doctor. Hmm. Um, she said to me that, that she had a, a black friend and she was battling to sell her property. And um, so this friend said, if you go to a witch doctor, the witch doctor will help you. And this was a white girl, a white Portuguese girl. Mm-hmm. So she went to the witch doctor and she paid the witch doctor a sum of money. It was like 500 rand. And a short while later, she actually sold her property, I think, to a black person. And then I said to this girl afterwards, do you realize that what could have happened is that you went to the witch doctor and you paid the witch doctor for a service, and maybe another customer who is quite wealthy also went to the witch doctor, and then the witch doctor instructed them and said to them, you know, if you want good luck or whatever, you must go and buy that house over there. Do you see what I'm getting at? Hey, that would be very clever. Yes, indeed. These these witch doctors, there's there's a subtle way in which these people work. So it's not all mumbo-jumbo, but it's not to say that it's magic. Mm. It can just be a little bit of cunning logic here. Sort of common sense. um, Yes, yes. And, and, um, if you actually want to study more about witchcraft, you should find, you should read, uh, the history of, um, Chaka, king of the Zulus. He had a serious problem with, um, witch doctors. And he was probably the only, he, he himself probably realized that witch doctors were a con job. And he did some very cunning things to sort out the witch doctors and, st- because the witch doctors, uh, had everybody in fear, even the chief. But he actually used some very cunning tricks of his own mm. to get back at the witch doctors and to regain power. Good old but, Chaka Zulu. Hmm. Yes, Chaka was, a, he was a real African genius, really. Hmm. And, um, but these guys, I'll tell you, with regard to the killing of people, I just want to tell you something else because this is very important. Um, I was told by somebody from Zimbabwe, uh, because there's a mystery about the, about the trade in body parts in South Africa. Oh. Because the witch, the killings, they call these killings muti killings. And they spell muti, M-U-T-I. Now muti is, is the, is their word for medicine. But okay. it's medicine 
in their terminology. Okay, so now we've come, we've come to the end of our 30 minutes today. Why don't we continue this on tomorrow's podcast?